Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day and that you get the chance to express love to everyone in your life and that you feel that love as well. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block in 2 Nephi chapter 4. Now as Lehi finishes talking to his posterity, it says that after he had spoken to everyone, he waxed old and he passed away and he was buried. And then it says in verse 13, and it came to pass that not many days after his death, Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael were angry with me because of the admonitions of the Lord. For I, Nephi, was constrained to speak unto them according to his word. So after Lehi passes away, Nephi has this prompting or this feeling, he's constrained by the spirit that he needs to talk to Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael. And most likely there was a call to repentance in there. Something that I think is important to recognize in the scriptures, in this verse, in our lives, is when does the Spirit invite us to speak to someone else? And how does the Spirit invite us to speak to someone else? I think it's really normal to receive promptings to go talk to someone, to go make sure someone's doing okay, to go check in on someone. I think that that's really normal and really important that we follow. Our Father in Heaven answers prayers, but it's often through the hands of someone else that He answers those prayers, and we never know when that prompting is a prompting to answer the prayers of someone else. However, here specifically, Nephi is given a prompting to call his brothers and the sons of Ishmael to repentance. In our lives, we can receive promptings to invite people. We can invite someone to church. We can invite them to read the Book of Mormon. We can invite them to watch conference. We can invite. But to call someone to repentance requires a stewardship over that person. Nephi, yes, he's the brother of Laman and Lemuel. He's the brother-in-law to the sons of Ishmael. But he's also their spiritual leader. He has a specific stewardship by way of his calling to call them out and to call them to repentance. You and I, without that specific stewardship, will not receive a prompting to call someone to repentance. That is outside of our stewardship to do that. But I think that that can sometimes be a tricky line to navigate. How do I invite someone back to Christ? How do I invite them to come unto Christ within my own stewardship to do so? And I think that as soon as we're inviting repentance or pointing out where someone needs to repent, I think that's where maybe we cross that line in the sand. We need to be very aware of our stewardships before doing things like that. And so Nephi, within his stewardship, invites his brothers and his brothers-in-law to repent, and they become very, very angry with him. And it says that in the other plates, there's a more extensive history of those invitations and the things that were said. But then it says, and upon these, I write the things of my soul and many of the scriptures, which are engraven upon the plates of brass, meaning the words of Isaiah, right? For my soul delighteth in the scriptures, and my heart pondereth them, and writeth them for the learning and the profit of my children. Behold, my soul delighteth in the things of the Lord, and my heart pondereth continually upon the things which I have seen and heard. First of all, I think it's amazing that we have these two sets of plates, right? Our Father in Heaven understood what would happen 
to the lost manuscript. He knew what would happen thousands of years before it actually happened. And he provided a way that we wouldn't lose out on this part of the history. Because of those lost 116 pages of manuscript, it's estimated that about the first third of the Book of Mormon are comprised of the plates that Nephi is talking about here, where he writes the things of his soul. He writes words of the scriptures. And I hate for this to sound flippant, so I hope it doesn't, but I'm almost a little bit grateful for those lost 116 pages of manuscript. Think of the beautiful doctrines, doctrines of Nephi's soul that we have because of those lost pages. All of this writing here that we have in Second Nephi, these doctrines that we have, we have because of that. And I think his writings are absolutely beautiful. In fact, we know that Nephi loves Isaiah, right? He quotes him a lot. He's got whole chapters that are very, very close to Isaiah. He loves Isaiah. And because he loves Isaiah, we also see that he writes in a similar way that Isaiah often wrote. There are certain parts of Hebrew poetry that we see very pronounced here in 2 Nephi, and even here in this chapter. One part of Hebrew poetry is something called Hebrew parallelism. And parallelism in poetry is you kind of repeat things in order to emphasize them. Now, there are a couple types of parallelism in Hebrew poetry. One is to make sounds and rhythms become parallel. And that was probably very, very common for Nephi to write that way, but it's also very, very difficult for us to detect once the language has been changed. In the original language of the Book of Mormon, we probably would have heard sounds being repeated or rhythms being repeated, much like modern poetry, but we lose that in the translation. What we don't lose is parallelism of themes, where Nephi repeats themes in order to emphasize them. And we see that here in those verses. He says, my soul delighteth in the scriptures and my heart pondereth them. And then in the very next verse, my soul delighteth in the things of the Lord and my heart pondereth continually. That emphasis that he has on the joy that the words of the Lord bring him and his desire to ponder and to internalize them is something that he's really trying to emphasize using parallelism in his writing. But setting aside his writing style, think of the words he's saying, my heart delighteth in the scriptures. My friends, I invite you to consider, could you say the same of the scriptures? Does your heart delight in them? Henry B. Eyring once said, the words come unto Christ are an invitation. It is the most important invitation anyone could accept. The Savior invites us to come unto him. And I can't think of any greater way to come unto Christ than to get to know him in the scriptures. Do we delight in that opportunity to accept the invitation to come unto Christ by reading the word of God, by finding the Savior in the scriptures, not only reading those words, but as Nephi did, pondering them and keeping them in our hearts. Now, to be fair, it takes some time to get there. The scriptures are almost seemingly in a different language. We aren't necessarily immediately comfortable with the wording of the scriptures, with the imagery of the scriptures. Sometimes it's difficult to understand what the scriptures are saying if we don't understand the time period that the scriptures are written in, it can be really, really difficult. But think of your favorite hoodie or your favorite piece of clothing or your favorite shoes. Was that your favorite from the get-go or did you have to break it in in order for it to become comfortable and to become your favorite? 
Oftentimes, the things that we delight in are the things that we are comfortable with because we have spent time with those things. And the more time we spend in the scriptures, the more comfortable and the more important those things become to us. Sister Cheryl Lant described it this way. She said, the scriptures teach us how to read the Book of Mormon. It mentions three important ideas. First, my soul delighteth. I love this phrase. I have thought about hungering and thirsting after knowledge as I read the scriptures, but delighting in them is something else. I find that what I take away from the scriptures is determined by what I bring. Each time I read them, I am, in a sense, bringing a new person with new eyes to the experience. Where I am in my life, the experiences I am having, and my attitude all affect how much I will gain. I love the scriptures. I treasure the truths I find as I read them. Joy fills my heart as I receive encouragement, direction, comfort, strength, and answers to my needs. Life looks brighter and the ways open before me. I am reassured of my Heavenly Father's love and concern for me every time I read. Surely, this is a delight to me. Second, my heart pondereth them. How I love to carry the scriptures with me in my heart. The spirit of what I have read rests there to bring me peace and comfort. The knowledge I have gained gives me guidance and direction. I have the confidence born out of obedience. Third, I, of course, do not write the scriptures as did Nephi, but when I read the scriptures and live the principles I learn, those scriptures become written in my life. They govern my actions and are written there for my children to see and to follow. I can build a legacy and tradition of righteous living based on the principles I learn in the scriptures. My friends, I feel like the more we read the scriptures and the more we bring to each scripture study, the more our souls begin to delight in those things. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 